Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What it do? I'm sad. Okay, here we go. Listen, um, I'm a Villanova fan, as you all know. I went there. I was there in 2016. I went back to campus after I graduated in 2018 to just see what hell was breaking loose on that campus, and it was uh, it was a joy both times. And I'm sad. However, it is what it is. I'll uh, I'll mourn my sorrows later. Yeah, they lost. I know. I know. Okay. I was I like I wasn't there, but I was watching it. I was watching it, and you called me, and you saw how devastated I was as it was happening live. I did. I just wanted to see his face. Was I actually, was I speaking? Yeah. Was I more rational than you thought I was going to be? Uh, you were in the beginning, and then once they actually lost, you kept texting me that you were sad. That's fair. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of the stages of denial. Um, anyways, Eagles. I hate Howie Roseman's face, but mm. he fleeced the hell out of the Saints today. Yeah, he did. He really did. Um, uh, he that that was. I'll be honest with you. Uh, there is no complaint on my nope. end. Yep, nope, I got nothing. I I don't know why they would give up that much to move up a couple spots, and we kept the fifteen. So as of right now, correct me if I'm wrong, Chip. We're at fifteen, and are we at eighteen? We're at 15 and 18, and we gave up 16 and 19. Now, yeah, so the Saints are at 16 and 19. We're at 15 and 18. You know, I'll explain the details more in depth as we get into the podcast. But um, basically, we got a first-round pick next year, which is huge in my opinion. Um, And the second is a cherry on top. And the second the year after is, yes, exactly that, a cherry on top. So, yeah, it was just a good trade uh, in general. Uh, big time for the Eagles. Um, you know, it kind of sucks that we don't have three first round picks, but you know, it's having two first round picks and back to back drafts is huge. Um, so there's not many teams that can say that. Um, so I think it was just a, it was a win, a, a huge win. So going off of that, uh, Chippy is doing his mock draft, his first mock draft of April, and we'll be doing that through the draft. So I'm looking forward to hearing, first off, what your entire thoughts of the trade are, and mm. I, I want to hear your thoughts on the draft, because this this is your wheelhouse now. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm the draft guy, apparently, but uh, yeah, I love the draft. Um, well, I mean, you, you know a lot more about college football than I do. I'll just straight up admit that. I don't mind watching it, but I don't know how you memorize half of the names. <laughs> like, college basketball, at least there's only, like, I don't know, six people a team. College footballers, I don't know, 50-something yeah. on a roster. I don't know. It's just something, you know, if oh. you're passionate about, then, you know, yeah, you, you tend to remember these things. But, yeah, I mean, I love it. And, uh, you know, when it, when it whenever it's draft time, I, I get really excited. So, but I'm excited for the mock. And then uh, let's move on. And we got to talk Sixers today. They're up and down. Uh, Joel Embiid MVP race is coming down to the wire. Uh, some quotes on that, and yeah. uh, I want to I want to talk James Harden and what what his struggles have been and what like he'll do good and then he'll struggle. It's yeah. so hit or miss whether it's injury. 
Um, the bench is inconsistent. DeAndre Jordan um, is, how do I say it being politely? Because, like, I don't even hate him. It's just, um, he is letting up points every single time someone shoots on him, essentially. Mm. And that was polite. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm no NBA player. I'm I'm 5'11", so I'd probably get swatted to the next century if I ever played, and yeah. I suck. But I don't get paid to do it, and I'm bad at it. So I can sit here on a microphone and critique others for no reason because, god damn it, I that's like a- it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll talk about the Sixers. What what they have to improve upon going into the like the playoffs are coming up. Yeah, so they're they're clinched in and. We'll see what's going on there. Um, the Phillies, let's talk Phillies. And I'm excited for their lineup this year. I think that yeah. – I, I really do think that their main concern is still going to be pitching. Um, yeah. I, I, there's no way their bullpen can be as bad as last year. Am I wrong? Well, we said that last year, and they were worse. So I know, man. That, that's the thing that worries me. It's like every single time I say, oh, there's no way. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It'll yeah. be fine. And it's not. Yeah. Uh, I haven't bought any tickets to any games yet. Usually I do before the season, but, um, I decided to go to a Sixers game. So, I mean, Hey, that they're a little more expensive than Phillies games in my opinion, you know, right now. Yeah, probably. Cause like, so, yeah. And then I don't really have anything to talk about with the flyers. I just, no, don't. nobody does. Um, they have. They have just uh, – there was a big debate uh, on Keith Yandel getting scratched. I'm just not even going to get into it because, frankly, they don't deserve my time this year. Yeah, really. Honestly, like – And, yeah. And then uh, you can go ahead and put me in my grave for Villanova. Uh, that's the last thing we'll cover. And with that, I have nothing left. What you say, Chippy? <laughs> Cue the Rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Let's get in the huddle and talk some birds, baby. Go birds. Go birds. 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 Okay, so let's start off with the trade today. Um, Howie Roseman sat down and decided he was going to commit a crime. Mm. It was theft. He stole from the Saints today. He did. He did. He really did. He fleeced them. I mean, I, I, the more I read the trade, I was thinking to myself, why on God's green earth would the saints give up that much? And, you know, I, like, I still can't rationalize it. So, so please enlighten me, Chip. Tell me why. Well, if I'm the, listen, if I'm the saints, I mean, I don't really know what their thought process is. They they must like somebody enough that they're willing to part with a first rounder next year. And that someone could be a quarterback. We just, we don't know. Um, before the trade, I, you know, they still could have taken one. I think they, 
you know, maybe I don't, I just, I don't know. They must really like somebody in order. So they're, they're just solidifying the fact that if a quarterback, like let, let's say uh, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett fall that low. Yeah. They're, they're pretty much guaranteed to get them. I mean, uh, my, my counterpoint would be Carolina picks at six and Atlanta picks at eight, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that this gives them the ammunition to possibly trade up in front of those two teams to a team like the Giants at five or the Jets at four or okay. even, you know, or even possibly, I mean, I, I doubt number one or I don't know, but two, I mean, they, they, honestly, anywhere. Um, but I could see them definitely trading uh, up with the Giants at number five and, and jumping ahead of the, the Panthers and the Falcons at six and eight, respectively. I mean, so I, I know this is all speculative. However, I, I don't think that Dayball is intent on keeping Daniel Jones. He, he hasn't really proven very much. I mean, he's proven in the ability to run, but he's been super <clears throat> inconsistent. And for me, it's for us, that's great. I hope they keep him. Yeah. But, yeah. And I think they are. I think they're willing to, to work with him again this year because I think, I mean, Daniel Jones got hurt last year. So, you know, you didn't have a full year under him. But I think they're willing to, to – um, like most teams, I think they're willing to work with the quarterback that they have because uh, the quarterback class this year isn't that great, um, you know, compared to other classes. I'm sure there's going to be good quarterbacks in this draft class. I'm just saying, you know, the talent isn't as good as like last year's or the year prior. Um, there's not know, a solidified number one pick, really. Yeah. So teams are willing to work with guys they already have uh, instead of, you know, trading everything they have for a potential future quarterback. That makes a lot of sense, and I, I see that. I see what you're saying. I, I just – I don't know if those teams are going to be willing to move. Um, you, you never really know. The draft is the draft, and it's fun to watch for that reason. You, you, you just see the ticker pop up saying there's been a trade. Yeah. And I, I think you're on to something there. They could move up, and it, the guy could fall to them. Uh, yeah. What does this move – what signal does this move send about Jalen Hurts for the Eagles? Well, this is the year. This is the make or break year for him. Um, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure they've told him, like, listen, this is good. this is a big year for you. Uh, he knows this is a big year for him. Um, and this, you know, this trade just signifies that, you know, we're getting we're getting ammunition for next year in case it doesn't work out. So it's basically just insurance. And you know, the fact that we came into this draft with three picks, you know, was great because we had the ability to maneuver around the draft. Right. Um, and that's exactly what Howie loves to do. And, you know, we see, we saw him do it again. So, um, yeah, this just, just proves that, you know, this is the year for Jalen Hurts to, and it's make it or break it. So do you think that, and we've heard a lot of rumor, a lot of things in the rumor mill, especially in the wide receiver market. Do you think that Howie Roseman is going to keep these picks or do you think he's going to utilize them to trade for a guy like a DK Metcalf or an AJ Brown? Uh, we've heard his name in the rumor mill as early as today, but yeah, well, I think, I think the, the AJ Brown rumor um, really came up because how close Jalen Hurts and him are, um, you know, DK Metcalf came up when uh, Russell Wilson got traded. Um, but you know, what I, what I be fine with it. Yeah. I mean, I those two guys are great. You know, those, um, 
you know, two guys we, we could have had, uh, honestly. Uh, but we're not going to get into that. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, would I, would I be fine with, with the Eagles trading for them? Sure. Um, do I see Howie doing it? Um, at this point, probably not. Um, I think Howie likes having two picks in the first round. And I think with the depth in this wide receiver class in the draft, I think you can get, you know, a first round caliber player in the second, even in the third round. Um, so which we now have, we now have uh pick in the second and then two in the third now because of the trade. So, um, you know, if, if Howie's looking at receiver, um, I think you could get someone really solid in the draft um, and not have to give up a first round pick. So just going off of what we said earlier with the picks that the Eagles currently have at 15 and 18. Yeah. I'll be a hundred percent honest. What my prediction is, you might differ here. We didn't really go into it, but I really think that they're going to go for another offensive lineman or a defensive edge rusher. And it, it would just fit Howie's MO. Yeah. I mean, especially, well, I mean, they could go edge. Uh, I see them going defensive interior defensive lineman instead because how okay. guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I could see them going offensive line or, or defensive line in any capacity really with, with those first two picks. So um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And the reason that worries me the most, and like you said, there is deep, it, it's a deep wide receiver draft class where you can get talent later. But historically, when Howie Roseman chooses a wide receiver late, we've seen the fall. We've seen the flaws. I don't know. I, I, I'm nervous. And I think I'm rightfully so nervous. Yeah, especially the wide receiver position because, you know. We he, need someone to compliment. <laughs> we need someone to compliment Devontae Smith. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're right to worry because, you know, in the past, that's obviously hasn't been his strongest position that he's drafted. Um, but, you know, I think if I think you address, you know, more pressing needs early on. And then, like I said, I think in the in the second or third, you know, you can get you can get somebody quality and and they could be a real difference maker for you. All righty. Well, that says that. And I think now, Chip, is where we move into Chippy's mock draft. Am I wrong? Let's do it. So, all right. Pull up your board. All right. Let's get it. I'm going to write them down so that we have them for next week. <laughs> okay. Well, it might change next week, so. That's definitely duh, dude. I don't I don't know if I can take it. So just for just for reference, uh, this this mock draft I did. Um, th- you know, it's not necessarily what I think the teams will do. It's what I would do if I was put in the GM shoes, basically. So for every team, just imagine that I was a GM and this, this is the picks I would do. Now, next week, I'll I'll do a more, you know, what what I think the team will actually do. But for this first one, I just was like, okay, you know, let me just do a mock where if I was a GM, here's what I would do. So that's 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 what this one is. So uh, you know, if you if you hear a pick, you're like, oh, you know, that doesn't really make sense. It's just what I would do. Okay. Um, it's just, you know, there's there's nothing gonna be outlandish here. Um, you know, players are gonna go where they should 
they are going to go probably in the draft around. So uh, just a forewarning, and that's that's uh, that's what's going to go down. All right. So let's see what we got here. Okay, this one's updated. Good. And the Jags are on the clock. So for the Jags, I have them going Aiden Hutchinson, edge out of Michigan. Um, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is one of the best players in this draft. Um, you know, like you said earlier, this draft doesn't really have a clear-cut number one guy. It really could go to anybody. Um, Jags could go offensive line. They could go defensive line here, like they're going here with the, with the edge. Um, you know, they could they could go a number of options. But I have them going Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I think he's probably the best player in this draft, and uh, Jaguars get a good compliment. Uh, they get Aiden Hutchinson, and now they can pair him with Josh Allen on the defensive line. Okay. And then we have the Lions. Lions, I have them going Trayvon Walker, edge out of Georgia. Um, you know, recently, Trayvon Walker's been flying up the boards uh, because of his combine performance. Um, you know, he ran like a four seven at like or was it something maybe it was even better than that but it was it was just a ridiculous time for a guy that that's his size um so you know he's a he's a freak athlete um i just think he's exactly what the lions look for in a player in an, in an edge rusher so i think it's a good fit and um i have walker going number two and with the nightmare houston texans <laughs> god bless whoever gets drafted yeah, yeah, I have I have got, I have them going Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, you know, three three straight edge rushers for this draft. Um, I just think edge is such a premium position in the NFL nowadays. Um, and if you can get, you know, one of the top players in a draft class at that position, I think you I think you do it. Um, Texans are really a team that could go any that could really do anything. Um, so I think it's best player available for them and I think uh for this spot I think it's Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. And then we have the Jets. Jets, I have them taking a mod Sauce Gardner. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Sauce Gardner. Uh, I think he's the best cornerback in this draft. Um, you know, I just think he's exactly what the Jets need. I think he's what, you know, when they were, you know, in when they were winning the a, when they were making the AFC Championship back back years, they had Darrell Reeves and Antonio Cromartie. They had really two really good corners, so I think they get back to that a little bit and, and get a. You know, a guy he's just, you know, he's so smooth. I mean, a guy that's six four, you know, 200 pounds and the way that he moves, I just think he's a perfect fit for them and he's exactly what they need. So, yep. And I, I think a lot of the Jets' potential success will veer off of whether Zach Wilson can yeah. improve as former number two pick. For sure. Giants. Well, I have, I have the Giants taking with their first of two picks here. I have them taking Evan Neal, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Now, you know, Giants, they really they need offensive line help pretty bad. Um, you know, to me, you know, for the offensive line, it's kind of 1A, 1B um, between Evan Neal and Ika Mekwanu. Uh, You know, no really particular reason why I have them taking Evan Neal. It could easily be Ika Mekwanu as well. Um, but I just, for whatever reason, I just chose Evan Neal to go first. Um, you know, he'll slide in nicely at right tackle with Andrew Thomas playing left. And you have, you have two solid guys in the end of your, end of your line that could be there for the next 10 plus years for him. 
And then the interesting pick, the Panthers. So, like I said, this is this is what I would do if I was a GM. I'm taking Ika McQuanu. I think, you know, like I, I've been saying all year, the, the quarterback class, in my opinion, isn't that great. I think you, if you're the Panthers, um, you know, you could you could very well take a quarterback, and I would have no problem with it. Um, if they like Kenny Pickett, fine. If they like Malik Willis, fine. Um, you know, even if they like Matt Corral, which I I don't know. Um, you know, I mean, they could. I don't know. But to me, I would take Ika McQuanu. I think he's just too good a player to pass up. Um, your offensive line, I mean, even if you draft a quarterback, your offensive line's not good. So if you're not going to take quarterback, you take best player available, and that's Ika McQuanu. Um, so. You're absolutely right, too. And I think – a lot of teams should learn from what happened in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow tearing his ACL in the first year. Yep. When you don't have anyone protecting your new star quarterback, bad things happen. I agree. So, you know, if they take quarterback, don't be surprised. Um, but to me, I think you ride it out with Sam Darnold one more year. And then, you know, you, you, you reevaluate next year uh, with a, with a better quarterback class, in my opinion. All right. And the second of the Giants picks. So with the second pick, I have him taking Jermaine Johnson, the edge out of Florida State. Um, to me, I think the biggest two needs for Giants is offensive line and edge and edge rusher. Um, so with these two picks, I have them going that route. Um, again, it, it would just be if it, if I was in charge, basically, and I was making the picks, this is what I would do. Um, so yeah, Jermaine Johnson's you know super super good player, you know another freak athlete. I mean, most of these guys are freak athletes, but um, you know just great production of Florida State transfer from Georgia. Um, which is crazy because Georgia has a million players in this draft, but uh, he was a transfer from Georgia, went to Florida state and just put up, you know, put up good numbers there as well. So just really, really solid, good player. And I think, uh, you know, he'll help the giants out for a long time. Now, is there, isn't there another good edge out of Purdue coming out? There is. And I will get to him later because I have him, I have him going in the first round as well. Okay. All right. Let's go to the Falcons. Falcons are an interesting team, man. Falcons are in a uh, bit of a sticky situation here. Um, they just traded Matt Ryan. Um, Calvin Ridley got suspended for the entire year, which is unfortunate. But, um, you know, uh, you know, same same kind of thing with the Panthers. If, you know, if they want to go quarterback, that's fine. But, again, this is what I would do, and I would take Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Um, I think you I think you ride it out with Marcus Mariota. You know you're not going to be good. Your, your roster – is not good. I mean, no offense to Falcons, you know, the Falcons, but th- their team isn't good. Even if you draft a quarterback, you're not going to be good. So I think you draft, you know, one of the best player. I mean, if not the best player at the position wide receiver, which is Garrett Wilson, in my opinion. Um, I mean, your wide receiver room has nobody. <laughs> I mean, you got, like I said, you lost Calvin Ridley to suspension. Russell Gage has gone to Tampa Bay. I mean, we, you know, they lost Leo Jones the year prior, but I mean, you have nobody in there. Um, so, you know, I think you ride it out this year with with Marcus Mariota at quarterback and uh, get arguably the best player uh, at the wide receiver position this year. You know, it's a shame, too, because Russell Gage showed a lot of promise. Yeah. And if they were able to keep him, they might have been able to go a different route here. But I don't yeah. think you're wrong in that regard. And I don't think they're going to be all that great next year either. So. Yeah. And nothing wrong with waiting one year in a rebuild to look yeah. for a better quarterback. Yeah, just accept the rebuild and, and move on. And then we move on to Seattle. Seattle's an interesting one, man. I, I you know, I, I I thought about this one for a little while, and I just I ended up deciding on giving them Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. Um, 
they just lost Bobby Wagner. They just cut him actually, and he's he signed with the Rams. Um, yeah, that was bad. That was an interesting move. I mean, you know, you're thinking, oh, maybe you go quarterback. You just traded Russell Wilson. Um, again, it's just it's one of many teams that, in my opinion, can wait. I mean, they have Drew Locke. I I think Drew Locke still has a chance to be a solid player. I I, I really do. I don't think he's given uh, he's been given a real chance. It's kind of like the Sam Darnold situation of the Jets. Vic Fangio is a defensive coach, and I don't really think he liked Drew Locke all that much, just from what I was reading. Yeah, yeah. So you know they they um you know well they let they let both of them go. So um yeah, but I, I think you give Drew Locke a chance. I think you keep DK Metcalf. Um you know despite all the trade rumors, and I think you go Devin Lloyd. Um I think you you know you get. You know, you have Jordan Brooks there already at linebacker. I think him and Devin Lloyd could, would be a good pairing. Um, and try to, you know, the Seahawks, again, just like the Falcons, probably won't be good unless Drew Locke takes a huge step. Um, so, you know, why not try and rebuild, you know, your defense, which made you so successful for that for that long stretch. So um, I have them going uh, Devin Lloyd here. Legion of Boom 2 on the way? Yeah, we'll see. All right, Jets, second pick. Well, you mentioned it earlier. I think the success of the Jets is gonna is gonna rely on Zach Wilson. Um, and then let's let's help him out and give him uh, Drake London, the receiver out of USC. Um, you know, Drake London got hurt, but when he was playing, you know, he, he was putting up phenomenal numbers. I mean, dude, six five, you know, two hundred plus. You know, is gonna be a phenomenal red zone player. Um, and yeah, but he's not just that. You know, he was making he was making he, he was you know beating guys deep at times. So. Um, I think you, you know, you, you, you like what you got, um, in Elijah Moore last year. I think you'll, you, you signed Corey Davis last year. And I think you pair Drake London with those two guys. I think you have a really solid, uh, wide receiver core to, to pair with Zach Wilson and see what he's got. You know, I, I think another low key re-signing that they had was Braxton Berrios. I mean, yeah. he's not the biggest name on the board for any team to sign, but for the Jets last year, he was actually surprisingly good. And if he can keep that success up with Zach Wilson, I could see you're absolutely right. Adding Drake London is good. Him and yeah. he's probably one of the few wide receivers I've actually kept my eye on. Yeah. He was making plays before he got hurt. Yeah, he was. He was putting up some numbers. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you have those, like I said, Corey Davis and, and Elijah Moore, I think you have those. Uh, that's a good set of four to, to, to develop alongside Zach Wilson. All right, and we move on to the new Washington Commanders. Yes. Um, you know, same kind of th- weapons, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, they, yeah, like you said, they just they just traded for Wentz. Um, but I have them going defense. I have them going Trent McDuff, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. Um, you know, to me, I think Trent McDuffie is. You know, he could be the number two best corner in this draft. Um, you know, some people are saying Derek Stingley. Some people are saying Trent McDuffie. To me, I think Trent McDuffie has a slight edge over Derek Stingley. Only because of his versatility. Like, I think Derek Stingley is an outside corner, which is fine, and that's great. Um, but I think Trent McDuffie can be more than just an outside corner. I think he'd be a slot corner. I think he could even play safety if you want him to. So, I just think the versatility is going to be something that the commanders covet. And I think they, they're going to really like him. Um, so, I mean, he could, like I said, he could play outside if they want him to, they could play, he could play in the slot. He could play safety. So I just think the versatility is going to, is going to really attract the commanders. And uh, I think they go with him here. All right. Minnesota. 
Minnesota, I have them taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Um, you know, Kyle Hamilton's been getting a lot of uh, negative negativity recently. Um, he didn't have a great 40 time at the, at the combine. He, he just didn't have a good combine in, in general. Um, and his 40 day, his 40 time got even worse. So, you know, to me, you know, is Kyle Hamilton this do it all safety? Probably not. Can he be a good player? Absolutely, he can. I think Kyle Hamilton, you know, is probably more suited to play in the box. He's probably not, he's, he's not a guy that's going to be your over, you know, your, your, uh, your main defender in the, on the back end. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for an in-the-box guy who can, you know, read plays and, and, and uh, you know, be a good run stopper and all that, I think Kyle Hamilton could be, could be really good at that. Um, I think if you pair Kyle Hamilton with Harrison Smith in Minnesota, I think you have a good pairing at safety there. Um, you know, Harrison Smith can be your, your back-end guy who, who uh, you know, covers whoever you need, and then Kyle Hamilton can be your in-the-box guy. You know, maybe you can – put Kyle Hamilton on, on tight end or, um, you know, have him play weak side linebacker. Maybe. Um, I just think Kyle Hamilton is more suited to play inside the box than uh, what most people thought. And he could just do it, do it all. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, I was kind of shocked that he fell down your board so much, but with the yeah. just horrible combine, it makes sense. Yeah. And now this is the Texans pick from, from uh, Cleveland. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I think, you know, Texans go just go best player available, um, you know, with their roster. I think they that's that's just what they do. Um, and I have them going Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, just super, super solid player, you know, was paired with Jordan Davis on the defensive line, was paired with Trayvon Walker on the defensive line. I mean, Georgia's team was just unbelievable, especially their defense. Um, so I just think Devontae Wyatt is probably the best player available. Um, but, you know, it, like I said, it could be some, someone else. But to me, I think, uh, you know, the reason the Texans were successful for that short time and they made the playoffs was because, well, they had Deshaun Watson, but they, they also had a really good defense. They had J.J. Watt, you know, they had D.J. Reader, they had Jadavion Clowney. So I think you kind of, you know, replicate that and, uh, you know, you go Thibodeau at three and then, you know, you bring in a big guy like Dev- Devontae Wyatt. Um, to play defensive tackle for you. So I think it's a good uh, building block for the Texans. 14, the Ravens. Ravens are interesting. Um, You know, to me, their biggest needs, probably offensive line. Uh, So I have them going Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Um, I think Penning's going to be a stud, in my opinion. He's a freak athlete. Um, I just think he's exactly what they need. You know, you're going to plug him in right at right tackle, Hopefully Ronnie Stanley can stay healthy at left tackle and you have a really good pairing at, at, at tackle. Um, and you know, when, when Lamar Jackson's at his best, he has a good offensive line. So I think the Ravens need to, you know, focus on the line, uh, and get, and get someone like this. And I think, uh, they'll be good. All right. And the pick we've all been waiting for pick number 15, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, like I said, this is what I would do. And if I'm the Eagles, I'm taking Jameson Williams. Okay. I love Jameson Williams. He's probably my favorite receiver in this draft. I think he's just – I think he's exceptional. Um, I mean, we, we need someone to pair with Devontae Smith, like you said earlier. You know, we got, we got Goddard at, at tight end. That's great. We have Smith. You know, we have guys who can come in and play the slot. But – Jameson Williams is just an explosive play 
waiting to happen. Um, you know, he tours ACL in the playoff, but everything I've heard saying he could, he might be ready to start the season. So, you know, his, he, he he's coming back fine. He, he should be ready for this season. Um, you know, before the ACL, we were talking about Jameson Williams being the best receiver in the class. I still think he is. So I, I love it. And I think the Eagles should do it. All right, let's move on to the Saints at 16. So, yeah, so Saints, you know, you may, maybe you're thinking quarterback because they traded with the Eagles. I have them going Charles Cross, the tackle out of Mississippi State. And for that reason, you know, I mean, they have 19 as well, so they still could take a quarterback. I think they wait to take a quarterback. I think you go offensive line. Uh, you, you lost to Ron Armstead. That's a huge loss on your offensive line. So I think you got to replace him. I, you know, Charles Cross is a pure left tackle, which is, you know, he'll, he'll be a plug and play guy. You know, he, he's coming from Mississippi State offense that was heavy on the pass. Um, so, he, you know, he's a good pass protector. You know, he's going to have to work. I mean, he's, you know, he's fine in the run game, but, you know, he'll have to work on the on his on his run blocking. But as a pass protector, he could be the best in this draft. So um, I think, you know, if you're the Saints, now you have two picks, you have some more. You have some more options, and I think, uh, you know, like I said, losing Teron Armstead is going to be huge. So I think you gotta, you got to replace him as soon as you can. All right. Now the Eagles' second pick. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, the Chargers at 17. Chargers, I have, I have them going Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. Uh, I mentioned him a little bit earlier when I was talking about Devontae White. Jordan Davis is just a block eater. He is a mammoth of a man. Um, I mean, and he had, a, he had an unbelievable combine. Um, you know, dude's a freak athlete, phenomenal run defender. Um, just, I mean, he's exactly what the Chargers need. They, they, the Chargers were so, they were bad at stopping the run last year. So I think a guy like this for them is going to be huge. Um, it's just a perfect fit for them right now. It's, he's exactly what they need. Um, and I think if he's available at 17 for the Chargers, I think they, they waste no time. The second pick we've all been waiting for, number 18, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, again, I'm going to keep saying, but this is what I would do. And I think if he's available, you got to take him. And I got, I'm taking Derek Stingley Jr., quarterback out of LSU. Now, listen, Derek Stingley is a very polarizing player right now because his freshman year, he was arguably the best player in the entire country. His sophomore and junior year, not so much. Now, his sophomore year, he played, but then he opted out because of injury. This year, he got injured again. And, you know, there's questions of whether he's like, you know, he was really trying and, and all that stuff. You know, he's waiting for the NFL. I, I don't care about any of that. If you go back and watch freshman year Derek Stingley, he was unbelievable. And I think if he's here at 18 for the Eagles, you pair him with Darius Slay and you get you get freshman year Derek Stingley. Good luck. All right. And is the first quarterback going to leave the board here, Chip, at 19? Yeah, he is. And I'm, I'm going Kenny Pickett here. Really? 
I'm going Kenny Pickett. Um, I, you know, it, it, I mean, listen, could it be Malik Willis? Yes. Could it be somebody else? Yes. I think Kenny Pickett is the safest quarterback in this draft. Will he be the best? I'm not saying he will be the best. Maybe he will. Who knows? I think Kenny Pickett's the safest quarterback in this draft. He has the arm. You know, he's... He has he has some athleticism, nothing spectacular. I think the Saints are a team that, you know, you have Jameson Winston, Jameis Winston. I said Jameson, Jameis Winston. So you're not forcing to play right away, but he could. I just think the Saints are a team that could develop him into being a really good player. Um, you know, like I said, he has all the. He has all the mechanics. He has the arm. He has the, you know, he's, I mean, he's the perfect height for a quarterback nowadays. Um, so, I mean, they made a trade for a reason. So, you know, now they, they have, you know, their, their offensive tackle in the future and their potential quarterback in the future. Now at number 20, the Steelers, it's a very interesting pick. And I want to hear what you have to say. Well, if I'm the Steelers, I'm pissed because <laughs> I mean, you're taking the hometown kid. Um, so if I'm the Steelers, if Kenny Pickett's gone, I take Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback out of L out of Clemson. You know, they're probably mad that Kenny Pickett's gone, but Mitch Trubisky, I'm just saying, you never know. I uh, look, I, I think I might have gotten in your head a little bit because <laughs> I said how bad Matt Nagy is all the time. Yeah. But you honestly don't know. You don't? You re- Listen. I, like, I mean, he was – Matt Nagy was a uh, horrible coach. He, he was brutal. He was brutal. And, he, you he know, we've seen, seen, we've seen nothing. Listen, we've seen Mitch Trubisky be decent at times, and we've seen him be really bad. If the Steelers and the Steelers have a good defense, if the Steelers can play really good defense and just make it simple for Mitch Trubisky, I think he could be successful. I really do. You know, you're the Steelers are they paid a lot of money to to rebuild the, to revamp that offensive line. You have a really good running back in Najee Harris who you drafted last year. You drafted Pat Fryermuth last year as a good solid tight end. You have Chase Claypool. You have De- Deontay Johnson at wide receiver. Now you lose Juju, but that's fine. He was hurt anyway. Um, I think the Steelers could still be a potential playoff team, but they do need help at cornerback, and that's why I'm going Andrew Booth Jr. Um, to to help that back end. Um, you, you know they have Minka Fitzpatrick at safety, um, but I th- they need somebody at corner, and I think Andrew Booth is the best available at that position. Um, and I think they ride with Mitch Trubisky. All right, now we have the Patriots twenty one. Well, if I'm the Patriots, I'm mad the Steelers just took Andrew Booth because uh, Patriots need a corner. They lost J.C. Jackson um, to the to the Chargers. Uh, they traded away Stephon Gilmore last year as well. Um, but if I'm the Patriots, I'm going Chris Olave, the receiver out of Ohio State. Um, I just think you got to continue adding to that wide receiver room uh, to help Mac Jones out. I mean, you know, right now, this, other than Chris Olave, it's not a great group. I know you just tra- traded for Devontae Parker, which is a good start. Um, but I think Chris Olave, 
is a, is a great number two. I think he, if you had Devontae Parker and Chris Olave as your, as your one, two, I think that's a great pairing. Um, you know, Chris Olave is kind of, to me, like a Devontae Smith kind of player. I'm not saying he's as talented as Devontae Smith is, but he does a lot of the same things that Devontae Smith does so well. Um, so I think the Patriots jump all over that, and I think you have a good pairing, like I said, with Parker and, and now Olave. 22, Green Bay Packers. Well, this is the pick they got from the Raiders in, Devont- in the uh, Devontae Adams trade. Um, so, you know, you lose Devontae Adams, let's replace him with a re- wide receiver and Traylon Burks. Um, Traylon Burks is, is a very interesting player. He's, um, you know, he's like 6'3", 225, so he's a big dude. Um, but he's a guy who did a lot for Arkansas. You know, he, he's a, you know, people keep comparing him to Debo Samuel, which is fine. Like they do a lot of the same things, but their body type is so different. Um, so I think if you have a guy that does what Debo Samuel does at this guy's size, he could be scary, especially in an offense with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, this could be a really Traylon Burks, you know, in the right position. I think the Packers is the right position. I think he could be one of the best players in this draft. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to replace Devontae Adams, but I just think Traylon Burks' flexibility on the offensive side of the ball doing so many things, I think the Packers would love it. Cardinals, 23. Well, here I hear uh, I have your go. I have going your boy George Karloftis, the edge out of Purdue. Um, listen, I think George Karloftis is a, is a good, solid player. Um, you know, I don't think he has quite the upside of some of the guys at the top, like Aiden Hutchinson or, or Walker or Thibodeau. Uh, or even Jermaine Johnson, um, but he's just a solid, solid player, man. I mean, he he's gonna be good. Um, you know, he has a he has a high floor already, uh, just not quite the ceiling like, like I said of the other guys. But he's gonna be a good player. Um, you know, people keep comparing him to Ryan Kerrigan, um, mostly because they went to the same school. Um, but they, they are they are similar players, and I think you you could get a could get that type of production out of George Karlaftis in the right system. Um, I think with the Cardinals, you know, you're losing Chandler Jones, which is a huge loss. Um, you're not going to replace him right away, but I think George Karlaftis is, is a is a good step in the right direction. And now at 24, we have the spawn of Satan. Yeah, the spawn of Satan himself, uh, Jerry Jones. You know, uh, love him here. Just kidding. Um, I have them going Tyler Linderbaum. Um, you know, probably. I mean, not probably. He is the best center in this class by a wide margin. Um, I think if you're you're the Cowboys, you you, you gotta kind of revamp your offensive line um you know you lose Lel collins to the to i mean you cut him uh, and he went to the Bengals. so you know you have a hole at right tackle you know you lose connor williams at guard you know tyler biadage hasn't been great at center so i think if you can get tyler linderbaum to play center and then maybe move biadage to guard um that that would be a good start for them um but it, you know if you're gonna Dak prescott has been good you know and the reason he has been good is because he's had a good offensive line so I think you you know you can't let your offensive line be weakness, and I think they go they go uh, they go center here. Bills at twenty five. Bills kind of same thing, you know. Bills are a team they don't really have many holes. Um, they're a, they're a really really good team. Um, you know, obviously a Super Bowl contender. So I have them going Zion Johnson, uh, guard out of Boston College. Um, you know, Zion Johnson's arguably the best guard in this class. So you know. Uh, you know, I think you could start right away. Um, you know, you have you have Deion Dawkins at left tackle. Um, they drafted Spencer Brown last year to play right tackle. I think that was a great pick for them last year. Um, 
and they have Mitch Morse at center. So I think, you know, kind of um, plugging a hole at guard, that would be huge for him. So I, th- I have him going Zion Johnson here. This is an interesting late pick. The Titans at 26. Well, yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, A.J. Brown has been in, involved in trade rumors. I don't know why. Um, I don't. I think it's just all rumors at this point. Because, I think like, it's smoke. I think it's all smoke. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts and him are really good friends, and, you know, they've been on, on Twitter going back at each other. But even if they – I mean, they should keep A.J. Brown. But even if they if they do, I, th- I still think they should go Jahan Dotson, the receiver out of Penn State. Um, you know, you lose Julio Jones. Um, I mean, they cut him. Um, so I think you need someone to pair with AJ Brown. Um, AJ Brown can kind of be your do it all. And then Jahan Dotson's probably one of the best deep threats in this draft. Um, so I think, you, you know, you have a pairing of, of Brown and Dotson. That's a good pairing for Tannehill to, to move forward in. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's what they do. Bucks 27, you know, Bucks are another interesting, I mean, another interesting team. They, they don't really have a lot of holes. Um, so to me, I have them going Travis Jones, the defensive tackle out of UConn. Um, Travis Jones is another riser. Um, you know, he had a really good combine, kind of overshadowed by Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, but still a really, really, really good combine. Um, and he had a really, really good senior bowl as well. Um, so I think if you pair – I mean, and he's a, he's a monster of a man too. So I think if you pair him with Vita Vea, good luck on blocking those two guys because those, those two dudes are huge. So, uh, yeah, I just think I just think the Buccaneers would love that. Another interesting pick, Packers at 28. Yeah, it is. It really is. I, honestly, they could they could double dip at wide receiver. I don't have them doing it, but it, it's something that legitimately could happen. Um, but I have them going Boye Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota. Um, you know, Mafe is a really, really raw prospect. Um, but I think, you know, what what they've getting, gotten out of Rashawn Gary the last couple of years, the way they've been able to develop him. I think they could do the same thing here with Mafe. Um, so, you know, it's, he's, he's, he's shown flashes of being a really, really good player, but he's raw. So I think if you can develop him and I, th- I think the Packers can, uh, he could be a really, really good player. Chiefs at 29. Yeah. Chiefs go back to back here. Um, their first pick, I have them going Arnold Ebiketti, the edge out of Penn state. Um, you know, Chiefs are, you know, a team that, I mean, they're always going to be competitive with Patrick Mahomes, right? But they do have some holes, um, and this is one of them, especially being edge. You know, Frank Clark is not getting any younger. Um, yeah, I mean, they, you know, if you're having Chris Jones play the edge, that's probably not a good scenario. Um, so I have them go in Ebiketti here, and, um, you know, last time the, the Chiefs took a edge rusher out of Penn State, it worked out, worked out well for them in, in Tambahali. So, you know, hope they're hoping uh, they can get some similar production out of uh, Ebiketti here. All right, same team, next pick. Yeah, and then uh, the second one, I have them going Kyler Gordon, the corner out of Washington, uh, teammate of Trent McDuffie uh, in that in that secondary. Um, you know, Gordon's a, real, a solid player. Um, I think the Chiefs desperately need another corner to, to pair with LeJarrius Sneed. Um, you know, you lose Shavarius Ward. Uh, Teron Matthews not there. I mean, he could come back. He's still unsigned, but, you know, you, you don't know. Um, you know, you bring in Justin Reed. I thought it was a great signing. Um, but I think, you know, the pairing of, of Legereus Sneed and Kyler Gordon, uh, could be a good pairing for them for, for, for years to come. Um, and another, you know, another guy, you know, another, I mean, last time Chiefs took a cornerback out of Washington, worked out pretty well for them too, uh, which, which was Marcus Peters. So, um, you know, two guys, they, 
you know, two, two schools they've had success with in the past. Hope they're trying to replicate it again here. Bengals. 31. Bengals. Yeah. Bengals are again, you know, not many holes, obviously, you know, them going to the, the, the Super Bowl last year, um, Joe Burrow taking a huge step. Um, but I, I got to think you have them strengthening the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they, they did some good things in, in free agency. I mean, like I said, they brought in L. Collins to play right tackle, which was great for them. Um, they signed Alex Kappa from Tampa Bay to play guard. Um, you know, you still have Jonah Williams at left tackle, which is great. I have them go in Kenyon Green here out of Texas A&M, the guard. Um, I, think the, I think if you have a line that features Williams in le- at left tackle, Kenyon Green at left guard, you know, I mean, they signed Ted Karras to play center. You have Alex Kappa at right guard and L. Collins to play right tackle. I think it's a really solid offensive line. Um, so, you know, they, they did some good moves in free agency. I have them continuing to build that offensive line here in the draft as well. And then finally, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I have them go Malik Willis here. Quarterback out of Liberty. Not really much explanation. They're the Lions. They need Yeah, I mean, much- listen, I – you know, could the Lions stay here at 32? Absolutely, they could. Um, I think 32 is a prime spot for someone to trade up and and get Malik Willis here. Um, so whether that be the Lions or another team that, to trade up into the, I mean, it happened in 2018 with Lamar Jackson, right? The Eagles, the Eagles traded down with the Ravens, and they got Lamar Jackson in, in uh, the first round. And the reason people do that is because they want uh, a fifth year option on their quarterback. So. If, if, if a team thinks Malik Willis is the guy and he falls all the way to 32, you're definitely going to see either the Lions take him at 32 or a team trade up into 32 and take him here because of that fifth-year option. Um, so, whether, like I said, whether that's the Lions or another team, I think Malik Willis, has a, if he falls, has a really good chance of going right here at 32. So there's just two interesting names that I know you left off of your board, and that's Nicobe Dean and David Ojabo. Now, the, obviously, Ojabo injury is probably yeah. what's holding you back from him. Um, I, I think that he could still go late in the first. Okay. But especially with those teams that don't really have many holes, that they can be yeah. patient with it. Um, yeah. Now, Dean, what's the deal? Uh, listen, I think Dean's a really, really good player. I think he could easily – I mean, listen, this, this year's draft – I mean, there's so many guys that I left off the board that could easily go in the first round. Like, it would not surprise me if Nakobe Dean went in the first round at all. Um, and there's other guys, too. Like, um, I mean, I, I can't really – I mean, there's guys that I didn't name. Uh, Daxton Hill's another one. He's a safety out of Michigan I really like. He's a really good player. Could easily see him going in the first round. Jaquan Brisker is another safety. But it, it's all about, you know, positional value. So I think, you know – Positions like safety or linebacker just aren't valued as much anymore in the NFL. Um, and you notice I didn't take a running back in the first round either. Running back is probably the least valued position nowadays, um, especially in the draft. So, you know, th- there's there's guys at positions who are, who are deserving of a first round, you know, pick. It's just that the position they play isn't as valued anymore, and it's unfortunate because um, you know you're seeing guys who who definitely should be first-round picks, fall out of the first round because they play a certain position. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love Nicobe Dean. I think he's a great player. He's a little undersized, but I think I don't really think that matters, if I'm being honest. I think, you know, if a team likes him enough, 
you know, they're, they're going to love him and he's going to be a great player. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of the same thing with, with Aaron Donald, you know, people viewed him as being undersized. Now he was still a first round pick, but you know, they, they, they saw, Oh, you know, he's, you know, he's 5'11", 280, you know, he's not going to be a good defensive player. And he turned out to be one of the best ever. So, um, you know, size isn't everything, um, but it, it definitely plays a part. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nakobe Dean is a guy that could definitely sneak into the first round. Um, like he's David Ojabo is another guy. I mean, he, he would have been a top 15 player easily, uh, but he tours Achilles. So, I mean, he's still, like I said, he still could bleed, could be a first round pick. I think he he'll slide into the second round though. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, especially with the, with the depth in this year's draft, that that's another factor too. It's just, it's a very, it's not very top heavy, but it's very deep. Um, so you're going to see guys who normally would be a first round player, you know, sneak into the second or maybe even third round. Who knows? So. All right. And that's a wrap for uh, the first one. Yeah, that was fun. Well, let's stop boring with football, because as the draft starts getting closer, people will want to probably hear more of this. Um, what the goal is, this was the big overview. Um, whatever changes you find is what we're going to go over. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that you have the right mindset where I think that quarterbacks are going to go later. Um, and, you know, like the fact that you have guys like uh, who is it, George Pickens out of Georgia that's still yeah. on the board in the second. There's so many players that could go early in the second as well. But Absolutely. all right. Yeah. On to the Sixers and their bench hell. Yeah. So. Let, let's let's start with the bench, and then I want to talk Harden. Um, Doc Rivers' rotations with the bench have been horrendous, awful. I don't I don't I don't know. You know, it, it, part of me, I understand why you go with veteran guys sometimes, but why aren't you at least giving Paul Reed an opportunity when DeAndre Jordan has just been so bad? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, his rotation has been really bad. I mean, you can't, I mean, I've been saying this forever. You gotta, you gotta keep your stars, you know, on the court. I mean, to me, I'm keeping at least two of Maxi Harris, Harden and Embiid on the court at all times. You know, you can't be running a lineup of Milton, Maz, Niang, Danny Green and DeAndre Jordan out there. You just can't because, you know, they're just that that's not going to work. So you got to mix and match. You can't just be like, all right, five guys in, five guys out. That's not how it works. Um, and, and, you know, keeping him beat out for long stretches. And, and I mean, especially, you know, in the in, you mentioned earlier, the Milwaukee game. Um, keeping Harden and him beat out for a long period of time. It just, it's just not it's not going to work. Um, so yeah, I, I, Doc's rotations have to change, um, in order for this team to be successful. So I don't, I don't see anything that Doc Rivers would be willing to do when it comes to the rotations. And that's scary. Yeah. He's, he's someone who's very stubborn, who won't change up the game plan and will pull the two best players on the court and allow an MVP candidate to absolutely murder you. 
yeah the the blowing of leads has continued to be a problem this year yep uh they can't keep this up it's not feasible and they're currently at the four seed i just don't uh man i like i, I wish i had something better to say and I, I wish I weren't just stalling with a better idea, but I don't have one. I don't have one that I know Doc Rivers is willing to implement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we know it would work. It's just he won't do it. Um, you know, I think especially Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe. I mean, I like Isaiah Joe. I think he should be playing um, along with Paul Reed um, and Charles Bassey, in my opinion, too, because he's been, he's been killing it in the G League. Um, I mean, you got to give these guys a chance. You know, I mean, how do you know? How do you know what you're gonna have if you don't give them experience? Exactly. Um, so, I mean, you're seeing you're seeing it with a team like Memphis this year. You know, Memphis is playing their young guys, and, and they're they have the second best record in the league. You know, I know they have John Morant, but I mean, other than other than Stephen Adams, all those guys are pretty young, <laughs> along with John Morant. You know, they're playing they're they're playing guys like. Brandon Clark and, and Zaire Williams and, you know, uh, uh, I mean, Dylan Brooks was hurt, but um, DeAnthony Melton and, and Desmond Bain and, and, you know, these guys are, are panning out for them. Um, and we've seen we've seen flashes from these these guys before, like Paul Reed and, and Isaiah Joe and even even Charles Bassey. So um, I don't really see what the hurt is like. They they can't be worse than what we're getting out of DeAndre Jordan. Right. <laughs> Well, you see, the, the um, thing, too, is, like you said, Memphis has John Morant. Yeah, but John Morant was out for a little bit, and they're 19-2 and two without him. Right, exactly. So, and that's, that's like I said, that's mostly with their young guys. I mean, they don't have many veterans. Like, I know they have Kyle Anderson and, and C- Steven Adams, really. That's that's really it. I mean, that, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so, you know. The younger guys, just they go out there with a fire. They want to win. They want to yeah. play. They, they want to earn their spot, too. And – if you're not, if you're, look, don't get me wrong. I, I am not trying to disrespect Paul Millsap or DeAndre Jordan, but they're well past their primes. Yeah. They even know this. Yeah. Uh, when you're putting Paul Millsap or DeAndre Jordan out and they're getting scored on left and right, something has to change. And the fact that you're not willing to is what's killing me. Just do it once. And if it doesn't work, okay, I shot up. And actually when, when Doc Rivers played Paul Reed against the Bucks. Paul Reed actually did a pretty good job on Giannis. And then he took him out. <laughs> yeah, like it's the fact that younger guys are also more versatile and they can they can yeah. move across the court. They're flexible. They're, willing, they're able to make know, plays. And, and they're willing, you know, young guys are willing to do whatever you want, basically. You know, these these veteran guys are like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's it. But these young guys want to be out there competing and, you know, they're going to give you energy and and, you know, I mean – I, I don't know. I, I don't know why just the refusal to play the young guys and just continuing to to just do these weird, stupid rotations. I just don't understand. You know, I'm going to the game this Saturday, and I know either Embiid or Harden are probably not going to play. They're both not going to play. But <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping I get to see some of the younger guys play. Yeah, for sure. And I mean that. I, I want to see what the future holds. And I ain't even mad about that. No. Well, I mean, what, if you're, if you're, you know, drafting well, that's a good thing. But give them a chance. Because you never know what you're going you're gonna to have out of them if you don't give them a chance. 
Yeah, and look, I, I get it. I really do understand. You. Like, he's very loyal to the veterans, but it's not working. And yeah. it's been time after time after time. I am so tired of it. Every single time Embiid leaves the floor, I'm like, well, here comes uh, 22 points. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. That's, I have nothing else. Yeah, man. I mean, it worked with Tyrese Maxey. You just you're never gonna know if what you have until you you say you play him. Yep. So, and you know, that's another thing. And you look at the game against the Heat, where Joel and Harden didn't play. Yeah. And you saw when the young guys were out there, when they, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, even yep. Furkan Korkmaz had a nice game in that when he was in that starting rotation. I'm pretty sure he started that game. If, if they're moving the ball and they're scoring and you're seeing guys that usually struggle out there make plays against one of the best teams in the East. Yeah. Something is wrong with your rotational ideas, you know? It, yeah. it might not be a bad idea to even leave Tyrese Maxey out there with some of those guys like Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz when they come in. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey's young. He could stay out there a little bit. It's not going to hurt you. Right. And again, you could call me an idiot if you want, but I, if, no. if they were able to have success against one of the best teams, I mean this this city loves Paul Reed. All I, all I see on Twitter is B-ball Paul. People love him. Yeah, but if then you see Charles Bassey in the G League have thirty some odd points and twenty something rebounds, thirty-seven points and twenty-one rebounds on like thirteen and fifteen shooting. That's unbelievable. And that alone brings you up to play for a game, minimum. Right. Paul Reed won the G League MVP, and it even last year, and he didn't even play the entire season in the G League. Oh, all right. That that's my worry. Uh, I. I mean, here's the uh, deal. Here's the bottom line. If we get if we get bounced in the second round again, Doc's gone. Yeah, hundred percent. He's got to be. We can't hold on to something that isn't you working. And like, I, I hate to be that Philly the, fan that is just wants to get rid of every coach. But no, it's it's not that we we wanted Brett Brown gone because what he was doing wasn't working. Right. And now you see the same exact thing: stubbornness to move on. We yeah. talked about that with Brett Brown when he was let go. Yeah. You, you can't with a team this good. You can't get bounced in the second round again. You just can't. All right. All right. So if, if we'll the see. season were to end today, they'd either play the Raptors or the Bulls. The first I time. think if it was right now, I think they'd play the Bulls. But it, it could change. So. All right. Let's move on to the Phillies. Not really much, but I want to say a couple things. Bryson Stott had a good spring. You did. And. Mickey Moniak has been hitting bombs left and right. He has. Listen, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the Phillies. I know I say that every year, and then I get utterly disappointed. Um, but nothing's new, so I'm just gonna keep saying it. Um, but yeah, I, I really am excited, especially the lineup, man. I, I I love the lineup. I think I think Moniak's really, you know, he deserves to be on the opening day roster, whether that be starting or not. Um, same thing for Bryson Stott. I think they should platoon 
to start off, I think they should platoon Bohm and start at third and then platoon Veerling and, and Moniak in center. I think that's what we should do. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what Girardi does and, and we'll see what, uh, you know, we'll see what the final roster looks like, but yeah, I mean, the lineup should be good. Um, you know, the rotation should be good with Wheeler coming back healthy and, and hopefully Nola can bounce back. Um, and, uh, you know, and Eflin coming back from injury as well. So, but the biggest thing is the bullpen. Um, I mean, we, we made a lot of moves this off season, uh, before the lockout, we signed Corey Knable. And then when the lockout was over, we signed, you know, Brad Hand and Jerry Familia. And um, we still have Jose Alvarado, who I like a lot. And Sir Anthony Dominguez has come back from injury. So, you know, we have guys who have been good in the past. And we'll see if they can can help out this uh, these, these young group of uh, bullpen guys that we've had. You know, I, I think something that's going to make a big difference down the line is the fact that, you know, you have a hitting coach that worked with Joe Girardi in the past on some of his better teams. Yeah. And, you know, if you're seeing guys, if he's working with guys like Bryson Stott and Mickey Moniak and they're showing just stark improvements in their ability to see the ball and Bryson Stott already had a good eye, but contact was the issue. Something's working. And I I truly think if you're seeing these younger guys who are going to listen to their hitting coach more than a veteran would, I mean, not saying that the veterans won't, but you just said it before veterans kind of get stuck in their own way. Uh, I, I truly think on top of having the capable bats in the lineup, like Kyle Schwarber, like Dick Castellanos, Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto, uh, this team is going to be interesting to watch. I think the pitching is the thing that you have to keep an eye on. And look, the one thing this season, people were worried that John Middleton wasn't going to spend while well, he did. So yep. it's make or break. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he finally went over the luxury tax and, um, definitely, this is definitely, uh, a year that the Phillies need to take advantage of. Um, so we'll, we'll see if the bullpen can hold up. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Um, last year, if their bullpen, you know, I mean, they, they led the league in blown saves. If they don't blow half those saves, they have a hundred wins. Um, so, you know, it's all about the bullpen. Um, and it has been for the last couple of years now. Um, so we'll see if they can hold up and, We'll see if the Phillies can be an actual legit contender. Yep. For the first time in a long time. And the last thing we have to talk about is my uh, my woes and sorrows. Yeah, take the reins, my friend. Take the reins. Listen, this was a revenge game mm. for Kansas. Yeah. Uh, they got back for 2018. They didn't miss. They didn't. And Justin Moore was tragically missed. He was, for sure. Um, I, I Don't get me wrong. I know Agbaji's a great player, but I don't think he would have gone six for six from the three to start if Justin yeah. Moore were playing. I, I really think that, you know, the fact that Nova was able to bring it within six with about six minutes left, then yeah. Kansas just nailed every shot after that. It was over. Yeah. It was it was what it was. I think Kansas is a great team. I don't really have any resentment towards them. Um, I think that, you know, it's a shame that Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels go out that way. Um, they're two guys that really gave their all for Villanova. But look, a Final Four is nothing to be ashamed at. Absolutely. There, there is nothing to be ashamed about. So 
they, they gave it the good fight and it, it wasn't their year, but if anything, with the with the team that they had compared to some of the teams that are currently still playing, you know, when it comes to uh, UNC oh, yeah. and uh, Kansas, you look at the talent levels on paper. Jay Wright's system wins, and I think that with the recruits they have coming in, they're going to be scary. Oh my God! Still. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jay Wright. I mean, we already knew Jay Wright's a phenomenal coach, but like you said, the fact that he's even there in the Final Four with teams like Kansas and North Carolina and Duke. You know, it's just it's it's a testament to to how good of a coach he actually is. Um, you know, nothing against the players on Villanova, but if if they were coached by anybody else, they're not they're not making the Final Four. I, I'm I mean, it's just that's just what it is. But the fact that Jay Wright is what he is, and you know, is the guy that is the coach that he is, that's the reason they're there. And just the, the system works. You know, the fact that they. I think they, they might have broke the record for free throw percentage in an entire season ever. Um, if not, it was really close, which is, you know, that's huge for a college basketball team. If you can, if you can hit your free throws, you're going to win most games. So um, that's just a testament of how, of how good of a coach he is. Um, and, and people tend to, you know, forget how actually smart and just how good of a, a good coach he is. Like I, it just works, man. I mean, whatever he does, it just works. He's able to get the kids to buy in and yeah. know that what they're doing is going to win. Yeah. And we've seen it in 2016 and 20, 26, well, 2018 was just an epic team. Yeah. I, I think that that was the most talent I've seen on a Villanova roster. Yeah. They, they had a really good team that year. Yeah. But the fact that you have kids buying in kids with that talent level, buying into a system like that, and I mean, it's a strenuous system from what it looks like. Yeah. You're, Jesus, you know that. The in in 2018, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be brutal for Michigan, <laughs> and uh, it was. So. Yeah. But I, I think um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. I I know that's the only thing I really can say, but go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a good season for him. Um, but uh, like you said, the 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 recruiting and the and the I mean the young guys they have, you know, I, I like Patterson, I like Njoku for next year. Um, you know, you have you still have I think Morris coming back next year, right? Um, I I'm not a hundred percent certain. I mean, he might not even be ready for next year. Who knows? Yeah, but. with the with tearing your Achilles this late, I don't even yeah. think he'd be ready. So. But um. Yeah, no, I think he has a year of eligibility left, so we'll see. You never know. You still got Dixon, who I like a lot. Um, and like I said, he's grown know, a lot. Yes, he, he really has. You know, dude. Yeah, the, the beginning of the year. I mean, he wasn't even in the rotation at the beginning of the year, right? And now he's starting for him. So, um, yeah, it should be uh, should be exciting next year for him. So. Yep, uh, I'm with you. Um, I got to do a little bit more research on what next year is going to look like. I kind of take it one year at a time, but I, I think that they'll be solid still. Yep. I'm still sad. I know. I know you are. All right. And on that note, I have nothing left. So uh, we've reached our destination for the day. Like, thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. 
go to the PHL bandwagon. You can find us on Spotify there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are available, we're most likely there. If we're not, shoot us an email at phltheBandwagon at gmail.com, and we will go ahead and try to get on the platform of your choice. Um, you can also shoot us mailbox uh, questions, uh, again, phltheBandwagon at gmail.com. And if you want us to talk about something, we'll be happy to talk about it on the podcast. Um, you can follow me at PHL Ryan Michaels. You can follow Chip at PHL Chip Tiernan. You can follow our main page at the PHL Bandwagon on Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook as well, the PHL Bandwagon. Uh, never Instagram, I guess, maybe, whatever. Yeah, uh, maybe. maybe. Maybe, probably not. But uh, you can go to the Weg Shop. You can get your TBW merchandise. You know, you got some hoodies, got some T-shirts, hats. Uh, getting, getting ready to go into spring, so good time for a baseball hat. There you go. All right. Well. We'll, uh, we've reached our destination. We'll see you at the next stop. Go birds, go cats, and yeah. don't do something. I'm sad. But I know, man. You've told me at yeah. least 700 times. I'm sad, 701. Okay. All right. <laughs> see you at the next stop. Go birds.